Yes. Hello again. This is uh, Paul Perdue, your host on Talking Antiques, and uh, Matt, my executive producer. How are you today, Matt? Doing well, thank you. Behaving? Trying. No, oh, that's good. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, and I'd like to thank everybody for sending me little messages uh, privately on my Facebook page and of Talking Antiques and thanking me f- uh, for you know, enlightening their lives a little bit and talking Irish and, you know, there's, uh, I, had a, have a, I have a few people actually saying that they're beginning to understand what I'm talking about. So that that in itself is a great achievement, you know, being, being from the old sod and, and things like that. So before we get started, of course, I have to um, tell you that you're hearing the show on 1350 WZGM, Independent National Radio, and it'll also be on the TuneIn app, uh, WZGM1350. And it's also going to be podcasted. And, and I was looking at my podcast stuff, and there's a few people in Ireland listening to it, and there's a few people in England. And um, there's a few people around here listening to it, and uh, I'm delighted. And But the Irish ones, I have to find out who they are. There's two people over there, and I don't know who's listening to it, so I have to find out. But it... Uh, it is a good day for getting the show up on the road, but before I do that, I have to really thank my sponsors, which is Village Antiques. And, you know, you have to go down to Village Antiques and talk to Terry and David, and they have the most beautiful stuff. When you look at the shop from the outside, you don't even under, you wouldn't even think it was an antique shop. But when you go through the doors, you're going into another part of history. You're going back in time. And, of course, antiques are history. They're living history. So... When you're looking for one item or hundreds of items or multiple items, whether they're paintings, furniture, English, Irish, French, German, American, go there and talk to David and talk to Terry and they will be glad, most glad to help you. And just, by the way, when you're talking to them, just tell them the Irishman told you to go down and chat to them and they will look after you. So that is Village Antiques. Uh, 755 Biltmore Avenue, Asheville, and they have a website called uh, villageantiquesonline.com, and go and have a look at what they have. So last week, our show, uh, the last show I did was, you know, I had a very interesting few questions, and one of them was, um, you know, how did you get into the antique business? And the other one was, uh, you know, how would somebody that knows nothing about antiques, but it has an interest, but wants to get into the business. And, you know, after the show, I got, uh, I got one or two interesting people were sort of thanking me for their, for their interest in that on, on, the, on the Talking Antiques page. But one person sent a message that says, you know, what was the, one of your most memorable occasions, like either buying or selling or something with antiques, and what was one of your most painful or most uh, devastating. Well, I can guarantee you a lot of antique uh, dealers, if they got involved with other people, would tell you they got ripped off sometime. I got ripped off by by a partner a long, long time ago in Ireland. And I learned from it. I just walked away from it, and then I came back. So I'm still here alive and kicking and uh, normal stuff. But one of the one of the things, it, it, it got me thinking, and one of, one of the stories, and this is a true story, there's nothing... There's nothing false, but and I have to change the names to protect the guilty because if there's two people or a couple of people listening to it in Ireland, and I reckon one of them is an antique dealer because I know. 
Um, it'll get back to this auctioneer anyway. But I used to do a little, because the Irish market is so small, everybody knows everybody, and everybody knows who wants to buy what. Like the big dealers will go for certain stuff. And if I if I seen a few big dealers in looking for antiques, I would actually go and look at the the stuff that they were were interested. So they would come over to me and say, "Are you interested in that stuff?" and and I'd say, yes, I'm quite, I'd, I'd have no interest in it, but I'd say, yes, I'm interested in it. And they'd say, well, what are you interested in? And I'd point out a few things. They'd say, well, we won't bid on that stuff if you don't bid on this stuff. So I was able to get some of my stuff that I wanted at a reasonable price because the whole idea was not to have the auctioneer make money. That was, that was what it is in Ireland. For people that are selling the stuff, yeah, but the auctioneer, we didn't want to make too much money. But this auctioneer, we'll call him James. And uh, we used to call him Two Fly James. Now, you call them bugs over here, but we call them flies. They fly around the room. And he would start an auction by taking a bid from one of the flies going around. And people would come out with their cans of what was supposed to be fly killer, but it'd be air freshener. And they would start spraying it up in the room to kill the flies. So he wouldn't be able to take a bid. Because he'd be trying to take a bid, $5, $10, 10 15 17 50 20 But then nobody would be bidding. Everybody would be looking around to find out who's bidding. And of course, there was the two flies going around. The two flies going around and they were, they were taking it there. So I bought a piece of furniture one day from James. And it was painted, multicolored paint. It had purple on it. And when you pulled back the first bit of paint, then it had uh, pink on it, then be underneath that it was yellow on it, and nobody wanted it because they knew it was going to be seven to ten layers. Somebody must have painted it with a gloss paint every year just to change it. So I got it for about $30 equivalent, brought it home. Because I had the added advantage of restoring my own antique furniture, I was able to take the piece apart and clean it up and get it back discovered that the piece was made in, in Ireland in, in about the 1870s, 1860s, 1870s by an Italian family in Dublin. And it was called a campaign piece of furniture, which was like uh, during the Civil War where the generals would be, they would take off a piece of furniture, screw it back up together, the chairs, and take them apart. And this was a wash stand. And when I stripped it down, it was made out of a uh, beautiful uh, walnut. And it had a nice brass back on it and lovely turned legs and it had an ivory uh, name tag underneath it. So I stripped it down and I repolished it, brought it back up to make it look like that it had not been altered, touched. And I put it back into the same auction about six weeks later. And James came over and he said, that piece looked very familiar, Paul, didn't it? And I said, no, no, it doesn't look familiar. That was in my auction before. I said, I don't think so. Not too good of a piece. So he discovered anyway that it was the piece that I bought. And he was so mad because he, that I, he could only get $30 out of me for it. But he managed to get about 500 to $600 out of it on the second go around. So I said, well, aren't you, aren't you happy, James? You're getting two bites of the one piece. So he was happy with that. So that was the one first story. I, I bought a piece that nobody wanted because they were afraid to touch it because it was too much work into it. Turned out to realize that it was a nice quality piece of furniture campaign, walnut, cleaned it up, put it back into auction, 
and made my money on it. So that that's the first story. Of course, after after we have a break, I will tell the the second story. But I just want to sort of say about you know collecting. The art of collecting is a passion which can last a lifetime. It does for me. I'm getting older by the year. It can enrich your life and bring great joy, as it does to me because I have multiple things at home. One piece has the power to to hold on tightly to your dream if you have dreams of collecting certain stuff. And in our hurried world that we have, it's important to take the time to enjoy the art you wish to purchase and surround yourself with it to bring you much, hopefully much enjoyment. As we always say in the antique business, antiques are like a good friend for years to come and come and they don't argue with you, you know. Of course, if you get fed up with them, you can always get, sell them and, and buy new stuff. So, we we are now listening, as I say, we are listening to, uh, you are listening to us, I should say, on 1350 WZGM, which is Independent National Radio. And you're also on the TuneIn app, which is uh, WZGM or 1350 WZGM. And this show will be podcasted on the, my Facebook page called Talking Antiques. And we will be back right after this. Welcome back to my show called Talking Antiques and I am your host Paul Perdue and my executive producer is Matt who's really sort of trying very hard to keep on my good side with the diddly eye music, the Irish music and I love good good quality Irish music particularly when my foot is hitting off the floor trying to keep in tune with it. Now in the last part of the show, the first part of the show I talked about, um, you know, Good things and 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 uh, getting a piece at the right price. When you when you're involved in the antique business, this tends to happen. Good things tend to happen, but you know, then bad things can tend to happen. But you have to go with the flow, the good and the bad, and it's very important. But before I get into that, I just want to have you all go to go to my talking antiques page and put in your ideas, put in your questions, whether it's private or whether it's on, actually, if you have the guts to actually put it on the page so everybody can see it, I I can accept that. And, you know, it's important that you don't be afraid to ask me a question. If I don't know enough about it, I'll say, well, I don't know enough about it. I don't know everything. And uh, no question will be silly or otherwise uh, thought of any other way. Um, just before I get going, I just want to thank uh, Village Antiques for putting up with me for the, the second half of the show. And 755 Biltmore Avenue is where you need to go if you want to get some quality stuff. So, with the second story, and I have to tell you now, all of these stories are true. You know, none of this is made up because you can't make this stuff up. It just so happens. So... I was uh, I was invited to go down to a, a, a course. This is in the countryside in Ireland, 
and I went down with a few friends to a to an antique show. It was a big, uh, well, it was actually a big auction, and of course the. We had all the big dealers there and everything there. And it was on a weekend. It was in a village called Adair. Beautiful little village in the outside Limerick. And I love it. It's one of my one of my favourite places to be. All thatched cottages all down the main street and whatever. All the electrical power lines underground. Nothing above ground. And of course there's a big manor there called Adair Manor. With a full size 18 hole golf course. If anybody wants to play. But... We were down there for this auction and um, I wasn't picking up anything and I was really sort of thinking after driving 110 miles for this and fortunately I was staying with one of my best friends so she was from Limerick so it didn't really matter. But it turned out that there was a church fair on the Sunday which was sort of somewhat rare in Ireland and because the 90% of the population in Ireland are Catholic, this was a Protestant uh, church thing. So I said, you know, I definitely have to go to this. And it was something like $5 to get in into the door for it was to help the church. And I was in, and there was all of these tables full of books and the little bits of silver and furniture and you name it. And and we were going around and I picked up a few little things and my friend Sheila said you know there's a painting over there and I had to look at it and it was a Victorian painting of um, very well done didn't know the artist the artist wasn't in the RA which is the Royal Academy but it was good enough to be near that quality so I got that for ten dollars and I was I did very well out of that so I said well my day is really turning out quite good picked up um a little bit of silver. I said, very good. So I came around to this table and there was a lot of people at the table and it had uh, cups and saucers and vases and uh, all pottery stuff on this table. And I seen a beautiful uh, Royal Worcester jug. Sort of like, wasn't terribly big. It was only about four or five inches. And Royal Worcester to me it's one of it's one of my favorites i think it's an exotic uh, pottery a lot of people like it a lot of people think it's from germany but it's english and i went in to get the piece of royal worcester with my with my left hand i was sort of squeezed between two people nobody was going near it and i was going just about to had my hand on it when i got a right jab into my rib cage that had me winch and i went oh went back like that and the next minute, this 75-year-old woman went in and picked up the vase or the jug. And when I looked at her, her elbow was like just skin and bone. She had just went right in, bang, right in between my rib cage. went in, took up the piece and put it in between her coat and went up to pay for it. And I, and, and I said to myself, well, do I go after her? Do I tell her off? I was winded. I was winded. So... It was just, that was one of the hard things to happen to you. What do you do when a 75-year-old plus woman uh, jabs you in the side and then steals what you're just uh, two seconds away? You're, I was just about one half of an inch from touching it. I didn't even get to see it. I knew the quality of it. Obviously, she knew the quality of it as well. And uh, she went up and paid for it. And I, I went up and I, I said, that, uh, do you mind if I have a look at that? And she said, yeah, no problem. I said, um, 
you don't mind paying for my doctor's bill because you, I think you broke my rib. She says, I've been looking for that piece. I've been watching for that piece for, for years now. They had it in the church cabinet there and I would wanted it and wanted it. And I said, well, why didn't you ask me? I would have even picked it up and gave it to you. No, I knew you were going for it. I just had to get my hand on that before you did. So you can't really argue with a 75-year-old woman who wins you and nearly breaks your rib cage to get a piece so that was one of the things, and when I tell that story, the, the only way I can say that that story is true is that if you contact my best friend Sheila Hanley in Dublin, she will tell you it's true, because she was there laughing her head off when, when, when I was coming around holding my side, and she, she said, well that was a good one, I've never seen that before. So these are the, this is what happens when you get involved in <laughs> when you're involved in either collecting or doing anything with antiques. It uh, you could you have the good times, which was on the first side of the show, where you pick up something and it turns out to be more valuable, and it, because of your skill and knowledge and what you knew of it, you took advantage of it and you're able to sell it. And then the second side of the show, this one. You know the piece is valuable, but somebody else also knows, and they have the advantage because you can't turn around and hit them because the seventy-five-year-old woman, and she was able to get in there and grab it. So it's just sort of funny the way the antique business goes. It's sort of as I said last week: you don't find it, it finds you. But I was very happy at the end of the day, even though I still, even now after twenty years, I get an I get a, an odd little bit of a twinge in between the third and fourth rib there. I think she left, she, you know, she still left her mark in it there. But it was so it was so fun, and that's what the that is what collecting is all about. You have to take the fun with it, and you have to take the pain, <laughs> in my case the pain with it, and um, it'll come right. So. I'm going to just talk a little bit about something else that I'm looking forward to really talking about next week, and it's it's the art of marketry. And and the reason why I want to talk about it is that marketry, and somebody would say to me, well, why do you want to talk about marketry? Well, marketry has been, you know, has been put into furniture since the 1500s. Like you had the Dutch and you have the Italians, uh, Naples and and stuff like that, and then the French weren't really big into it, and then the English, but it has been known and it's been seen in in items taken out of the burial grounds in Egypt during the Pharaoh's times that they also did for a, a sort of marquetry. They did inlay like precious stones and 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 woods and veneer, and they cut they cut their own woods and stuff, and. The history of marketry is quite interesting, so I'm looking forward to maybe talking a bit on, on maybe on the first part of the show, next show, uh, on that. And uh, we will have some pictures of, of panels that I have in the studio and that. So it's very important to, to remember that you're listening to this show on 1350 WZGM, which is Independent National Radio, and on my podcast, which will be talking antiques and on my facebook page which is talking antiques and i do hope that i will hear from you next week to listen in and all the stories and i'll try and pick up some more stories for telling and thank you very much for listening 